We're used to seeing things from a particular point of view. That is, from a particular frame of reference. And things look different to us under different circumstances. At the moment, things look, you look peculiar. You're upside down. No, you're the one that's upside down. No, you're upside down. No, I'm not. He's the one that's upside down, isn't he? Well, let's toss for it. All right. We know the kind of event that it must have been. We know the sort of event that, that must have happened for the origin of life. What was that? The moon circles the Earth every month as it cycles through its phases, lining up at both full moon and new moon. So why don't eclipses happen twice a month? You lose. He's the one that's really upside down. You better come into my frame of reference now. The reason is that the moon's orbit around the Earth is tilted relative to the Earth's orbit around the sun. Although the Earth and the Moon always cast long shadows, they rarely shade each other thanks to the Moon's orbital tilt. It could come about in the following way. It could be that uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization e evolved by... Four billion years ago, asteroids rained down on the newly formed Moon. But if that's the case, why do eclipses happen at all? Throughout the year, the moon's orbital tilt remains fixed with respect to the stars, meaning that it changes with respect to the sun. Tearing into the surface, where the fractured crust is thinnest, molten lava seeps from the moon's hot interior. My frame of reference was inverted from what it usually is. It spreads out in giant pools and solidifies to form the scars we see today from Earth. That view of things would be normal for me if I normally walked on my hands. The angle is there. You're going to turn, keep the angle, keep the angle, and you get to this position. The racket drags the left arm to here. This represents a frame of reference. Just three rods stuck together so that each is at right angles to the other two. The racket is here in the angle, and it's, it's okay if it is a little higher, if it is a little lower. You'll see that difference in some of the pros. When it gets to here... Details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature. Now, I'm going to move in this direction. Now, you're going to rotate the racket head around your wrist. You see the frame at the same spot on your screen, but you know I'm moving this way because you see the wall moving this way behind me. But how do you know that I'm not standing still and the wall moving? Like clockwork, the full moon appears every month in our sky, a sight so familiar that we often take it for granted. By some explicable or ultimately explicable process, it couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point. It was the wall that was moving. Now the wall has disappeared, and you have no way of telling whether I am moving or not. But now you know that I'm moving. But about twice a year, over the course of a few hours, the full moon sports a decidedly different look. What causes this sudden change? The point of this is that all motion is relative. In both cases, I was moving relative to the wall, and the wall was moving relative to me. A lunar eclipse occurs when the moon passes through the Earth's shadow, just as a solar eclipse occurs when part of the Earth passes through the moon's shadow. So you're going to be on your right position, and we saw that in tip number one. The Earth completes a rotation on its axis every 23 hours and 54 minutes. All motion is relative, but we tend to think of one thing as being fixed and the other thing as being moving. And strangely, although the moon rotates, 
The Earth's gravity holds onto it so tightly. The same face points towards us at all times. We usually think of the Earth as fixed, and walls are usually fixed to the Earth. So perhaps you were surprised the first time when it was the wall that was moving and not Dr. Hume. Try not to move your arm to rotate the racket, because that's going to take the racket, as you can see. Making the features on the far side of the moon a complete mystery. A frame of reference fixed to the Earth is the most common frame of reference in which to observe the motion of other things. All the way back here, which you don't want to do, because then again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a timing issue that is going to make it harder for you. 25. Because of gravity, humans get the urge to pee when their bladder is about one-third full. For all of history, the far side of the moon was invisible to the Earth. It's the back side. You can't see it. In 1959, Soviet spacecraft Luna 3 flies past the moon's far side and photographs it for the first time. To time the ball that is going to be right here to be hit. So what you want to do is when you get the racket here, rotate it around your wrist, it drops now. This is the frame of reference that you're used to. The frame is fastened to the table. The table is bolted to the floor. The floor is anchored in the building and the building is firmly attached to the Earth. About twice a year, this puts the moon in just the right position to pass through the Earth's shadow, causing a lunar eclipse. As the moon passes into the central part of the Earth's shadow, called the umbra, it darkens dramatically. Of course, the reason for having three rods is the position of any object, such as this ball, can be specified using these three reference lines. Once it's entirely within the umbra, the moon appears a dim red due to sunlight scattered through the Earth's atmosphere. This reference line points in the direction which we call up, which is a different direction here than it is on the other side of the Earth. In fact, if you watched the eclipse from the surface of the moon, you'd see the sun set behind the entire Earth, bathing you in a warm red glow. And these two reference lines specify a plane, which we call horizontal or level. In this film, we're going to look at the motion of objects in this Earth frame of reference and in other frames of reference moving in different ways relative to the Earth frame. Well, let's look at a motion. This rotation is counterclockwise with respect to the Sun when observed from the North Pole. 24. In space, astronauts don't have the urge to pee until their bladder is basically exploding. Back home, you'll have to stay up late to watch a lunar eclipse. But if you do, you'll see the moon in rare form, and you'll catch a brief glimpse of our own planet's long shadow. Astronomers expect to see the familiar dark and light patches. They were in for a big surprise. When scientists saw the pictures, they were shocked. The far side looked completely different than the near side. It's saturated with craters. Just shortly before Armstrong stepped on the moon. It just was such a huge dichotomy. Nobody was expecting that at all. The Earth completes one revolution around the sun once every 365.26 days. You can actually see the switch take place where it goes from this dark black and white to a little better. And as you're dropping it and rotating it, you start to rotate your body forward. And they stayed with the television signal from 
the North Pole always points in the same direction in space. If you were sideways, it would look like this. I take the racket back, and then rotate and turn. When observed from space, the Earth is seen to move in a helical motion about the Sun as the Sun travels through our galaxy. So it's in some of the players on the Pro Tour, you see that the racket, when it rotates, it actually, as they start to rotate the body, they start to rotate the racket. Some of them actually rotate the racket first, and it kind of hides a little behind your body, as you can see, but not all the way there. It hides a little bit here. Nadal does this, for example. And then it just snaps in front. So you see that... Rubber-like motion, very, very clear on his swing, and then the racket goes across very fast. That's why he can create such tremendous racket hit speed. We'd like to offer the upholders of this status quo viewpoint yet another major challenge. In Western Australia, during the live telecast of Apollo 11 in 1969, many viewers in that region of Australia, including Una Ronald, were to have an extraordinary experience. When this moon landing was um, in the offing, I for one decided to stay up to watch the live telecast, and I did, and we saw a lot of activity on the television screen from the control center, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement. But before we get to what happens next, we need to know how the TV coverage of Apollo 11 was supposed to have reached our screens. The far side still had massive impact craters, but it was uniformly pale. It seemed like no dark lava had bled out onto the surface at all. When Armstrong stepped on the surface of the moon, it actually came through Australia, but at the time it was reported as being through Goldstone. The, the voice came through Goldstone, but the TV pictures came from Australia. 23. Einstein's most revolutionary equation wasn't E equals MC squared, but unless you're designing nuclear bombs. His most important equation was G equals 8 pi T, which basically stated that space-time is curved and not flat. It appears that correct information was apparently withheld at the time as to what was supposed to be happening with Apollo 11's reception. As I watched this person walking, a Coke bottle in the lower right quadrant of the screen. 22. Humans could successfully colonize and live on planets with up to three times the gravity of Earth. At four times the gravity, however, blood flow to the brain would be impaired. Instead, on the front side, where it's very thin, lavas can easily come up through cracks and flow out onto the surface. Recent NASA missions confirm the crust on the back of the moon is around 30 miles thicker than the crust on the front. The far side is thicker. It's not like, oh, part of it is and part of it isn't. No, it's really the other side of the moon has a thicker crust than the near side. 21. Earth's gravitational pull makes it impossible for mountains to be taller than 15 kilometers, in theory. This steel ball can be held up by the electromagnet. Now I'm going to open the switch and you watch the motion of the ball. The ball is accelerated straight down by gravity along a line parallel to this vertical reference line. As you can see, 
The electromagnet is mounted on a cart that can move. And I'm going to do exactly the same experiment that Dr. Hume did, but this time, while the cart is moving at a constant velocity. The cart is pulled along by a string which is wound around this phonograph turntable, and that pulls it with a constant velocity. It, is, it seemed to be kicked over and rolled across. And for me, that was just astounding, and I exclaimed aloud at the time. It's a fake. It's a setup. They're not on the moon at all. Look at this. It's a Coke bottle. And they were going to broadcast the same film again in the morning. And I phoned several of my friends to watch it, to watch, and they hadn't. Um, but they were going to watch in the morning. And I waited, of course, to say, well, did you see it? But it didn't happen. I watched the second telecast. There was no Coke bottle, which led me to believe at the time um, that it must have been edited out. 20. There are regions in space where gravity between the Sun and Earth, or any other two objects, interact to create something called Lagrangian points. Other objects can orbit around these points as if there were something there. Who bothers about this kind of human scale is not the kind of God that is, is, that is compatible with a scientific view of the universe. If you knew nothing about science and you read, say, the Bible, the Old Testament, which in Genesis is an account of nature. That's, that's what that is. And I said to you, give me your description of the natural world based only on this. You would say the world was created in six days and that stars are just little points of light, much lesser than the sun. And in fact, they can fall out of the sky, right? Because that's what happens during, during the... Uh... 19. Birds cannot be taken into space because they require gravity to swallow. No pun intended. Revelation. One of the signs that yeah. the second coming is that the stars will fall out of the sky and land on Earth. So it's even right that means you don't know what those things are. You have no concept of what the actual universe is. So everybody who tried to make proclamations about the physical universe based on Bible passages got the wrong answer. So what happened was when science discovers things, and you want to stay religious, or you want to continue to believe that the Bible is unerring, what you would do is, you would say, well, let me go back to the Bible and reinterpret it. Then you'd say things like, oh, they didn't really mean that literally, they meant that figuratively. So this whole sort of reinterpretation of how figurative the poetic passages of the Bible are came after science showed that this is not how things unfolded. And so the educated religious people are perfectly fine with that. 18. During the final Apollo 15 moonwalk, David Scott dropped both a feather and a hammer to confirm Galileo's theory that objects fall at the same speed regardless of their mass. On Earth, the feather falls more slowly only because of air resistance. Essentially, you can get a universe from nothing without any supernatural shenanigans. That basically, by quantum mechanics and the laws of physics, we understand in principle an entire universe with a hundred billion galaxies, each containing a hundred billion stars, can come from nothing because its total energy could be zero. And therefore, you don't need to, to literally violate any laws of physics to create a universe. And no, we don't know that for certain, but even that possibility is amazing. And, and I find it worth celebrating the fact that we can probe such things and we shouldn't be afraid of a universe that maybe has no purpose because 
We create our own purpose, and our own purpose adds more meaning to our lives. It means our brief moment in the sun matters because that's the only moment we have. But we are one of billions of planets on a huge scale and a cosmic god. I was convinced it was fake, but why? Why it should be fake? Why is it a setup? Two or three others of my acquaintance did see it. Furthermore, there were letters written to the West Australian newspaper. They mentioned the Coke bottle. I waited for it to brew up. I thought, my goodness, there's going to be a, a, a glorious ding-dong here going on about this Coke bottle. But suddenly there was nothing, nothing at all. And I presume that those who saw it um, denied their own senses, as people will do. 17. Jupiter is sometimes referred to as a failed star because although it had enough mass to pull in a significant amount of gas, it didn't gain enough to start fusion. Another reason why it's so important that the rocket gets back here in the angle and not like this is because you want a full revolution of the rocket head going around your wrist to hit the ball. You don't want to take anything away from that speed that can gather when the rocket goes around. If your head is like this or like this back here, we just took away a little bit of momentum that it gathers when it goes from here to there. So instead of that little bit that is gathering speed here to go to here, if you take it here, you took that away, making your bracket move just a little bit slower and causing a little bit less spin to go on the ball and sometimes the ball going out, missing or not being heavy enough for your opponent. 16. Jupiter's gravity will eventually either push Mercury out of the solar system or send it crashing into the sun. When the cart passes this line, the ball is released, as you can see. I'm going to start the cart down at the end of the table so that by the time it gets to this point, I can be sure it's moving with a constant velocity. Now, I want you to watch right here so that you will see the ball falling. I think you can see that the ball landed in exactly the same position that it did before when Dr. Hume did the experiment with the cart fixed. But this time, the ball could not have fallen straight down. Let me show you why. The ball was released. At that point, if it had fallen straight down, because the cart moves on in the time that it takes to fall, it would have landed back here somewhere. But it didn't. Now I'm going to do the experiment again this time, I'm going to let you watch the motion through a slow motion camera, which is fixed here. If the cart moves by, the ball will fall, and you can watch in the slow motion camera. 15. If the sun were to all of a sudden disappear, we would still see it and experience its gravitational pull for about another eight minutes began to think, well, they couldn't have seen it, or perhaps it was there and that was okay. They'd thrown some rubbish out of the spacecraft or something like that. It could have been. People will invent all kinds of solutions to what is not explained. What Una Ronald and her friends did not know was that Western Australia was a special case concerning the reception of the initial Apollo images. I'll show you this again. 
This time there'll be a line on the film so that you can see the path. I think that you can see that the path of the ball is a parabola. But all of this has been in a frame of reference fixed to the earth. How would this motion look in a frame of reference which was moving along with the cart? Frame of reference like that. Well, so that you can see what it looks like, I'm going to fix this slow motion camera so that it moves with the cart. Like this. I'm going to do the experiment again. And incidentally, I'll start it, and then I'm going to stand here so that when the ball falls, you will have something which is fixed as a reference point. Contrary to the procedure for that continent set up by Honeysuckle Creek and Parks, together with NASA and Australian TV, the Apollo 11 images were neither sent directly to Western Australia via satellite, nor was there a broadband link from Sydney in 1969. These images had to be sent over to Perth from Sydney by other means and then retransmitted locally. In the moving frame of reference, I think you could see that the path of the ball is a vertical straight line. It looks exactly the same as it did before when Dr. Hume did the experiment with the cart fixed. If we were moving along in this frame of reference and we couldn't see the surroundings, then we wouldn't be able to tell by this experiment that we were moving at a constant velocity. As a matter of fact, we wouldn't be able to tell by any experiment that we were moving at a constant velocity. I'm going to do the experiment once more and this time, I'm not going to stand here behind the ball as it falls so that you won't have any fixed reference frame. As far as you're concerned, that time, the cart wasn't necessarily moving at all that time, when you couldn't see the background, then I think perhaps it was harder for you to realize that you were in a moving frame of reference. The important thing to realize here is that all frames of reference, moving at constant velocity with respect to one another, are equivalent. Dr. Ivey showed you what the motion of the ball that was released from the moving cart looked like in the Earth frame of reference and in the cart frame. The motion looked simpler from the cart. Now I want you to watch the motion of this white spot. So for an engineer in the loop, aware of the hoaxed live TV coverage, there was motive for adding further additions to the scene. 14. A problem some people have when driving a motorhome is maintaining a straight course. Due to the gravity on a neutron star, its tallest mountain could only be a measly 5 millimeters. 13. Liquid helium has no viscosity, and it can flow up walls against gravity. 12. As I have said before, were the sun to disappear, we would experience both the gravitational and visible effects at the same time. In this same way, we actually continue to experience gravity from stars that are long gone. 11. In a car or truck, you have a hood in front of you to use as a sight, but in a motorhome, you have very little in front of you to assist in staying on a straight course. The best way to solve this is to establish reference points. 
The Gravity Research Foundation has devoted itself to fighting gravity, and since 1948, people have even sat upside down at meetings to show their defiance. 10. You probably see the spot moving in a circle. This is what its path is actually like in the Earth frame of reference. This is your normal frame of reference. You saw the spot moving in the circle because your eye moved along with the cart. You put yourself in the frame of reference of the moving cart. So you see, it isn't always true that we view motion from the Earth frame of reference. When the motion is simpler from the moving frame, you automatically put yourself in that moving frame. Now, move the coach, putting the line on the passenger side, and mark the windshield in the same manner. Now we're going to do another experiment on relative motion to show how to compare the velocity of an object in one frame of reference to its velocity in another frame of reference. While you are at the parking lot working on other driving skills, park the motorhome with the driver's side on a long line and see where that line intersects the bottom of the windshield. If there is no specific reference point, like part of the windshield wiper blade, mark the spot with a piece of tape or some other type of marker. Moreover, here was an opportunity for someone in the know to manipulate the material before transmission across Western Australia. What does Una Ronald, who was in Western Australia at the time, think about these attempts at fakery? When I saw the coke box, for me, the whole moon landing. And philosophy and an understanding of divine all went together. We can't say he originated anything, but he condensed and boiled down the knowledge of the world and then brought it to a practical uh, application. Pythagoras identified numbers as the most fundamental elements of creation. As we look at science in this day and age... From that point, it was a fake. It was a setup. Um, and if it was a setup, it must have been filmed somewhere on Earth. And it would have been filmed to my way of thinking in America, at some lonely site, or alternatively in... Um... If we were making measurements here, then we would observe the same velocities, that is, the same experimental results that we did before. And so would you, because you are observing this experiment, through a camera which is fastened to this car. That is, you are in the moving frame of reference with us. But now we're going to do the experiment again, and this time you watch through a camera which is fixed in the Earth frame of reference. We're finding that the whole world is filled with these mathematical constants. You've got pi, you've got the speed of light, you've got you know, the force of gravitation. So the idea that numbers describe the world seems to be the case. He wanted to produce philosophers like himself, so you had to be very circumspect, you had to be very self-controlled to be able to even be in his school. Pythagoras turned the numbering system of the Babylonians into a sacred science. They believed that number was like God. Here's the cart, which was moving along in this direction with a velocity u. We were sitting on the cart at a table here I am over on this side, and uh, Dr. Hume was on this side, and we were pushing this puck back and forth on the table. When I pushed it, it went in this direction with a velocity v, and when Dr. Hume pushed it, it went in this direction. 
with the same velocity, V, but this is the velocity relative to the car. What about the velocity relative to an observer on the ground in the fixed frame? Well, if it was pushed in this direction, its velocity is U plus V. Somewhere where they could be private, be secluded, be able to produce this quite passable picture of someone walking on the moon. Is there a method by which we could travel in a conveniently short time to the stars? Can we travel close to the speed of light? And what's magic about the speed of light? Can't we travel faster than that? It turns out that there is something very strange about the speed of light, something that provides the key to our understanding of time and space. The story of its discovery takes us to Tuscany in northern Italy. These marks will give your subconscious some help staying centered in the lane and maintaining a straight course. These reference points will work fine when driving along straight or gently curving roads. And to me, to connect with this was to be talking to God. And so from that arises a, a whole lot of symbolism that later becomes numerology, Kabbalah, things like that. So the long and the short of it is that the Pythagorean mysticism, fetching disguised as something scientific, reduced practically everything to mathematical numbers. The second thing you need to pay attention to is your ready position. Very important when it comes down to forehand. The racket should be like so, about 45 degrees inclined this way and about 45 degrees this way. It should sit naturally like that when you hold it in front in the semi-western grip. This becomes very important because as you take the racket back, you're not going to change this position. When you start to turn your body, the racket stays like this. If I turn this way, you're going to see that as I turn my body, the racket stays like that. You see, some of the pros, they go up a little on the swing, when they, but they still keep this angle. Some of them keep it here, some of them go up a little, but the angle that you hold the racket in the ready position with stays. Does that ring any kind of bell in our information age, frequently called the digital age? Because factual math is so dependable, so exact, so capable of producing technological marvels, people have had very good reason to trust anything that is said to be mathematical supportable. Remember that reference points will be different for each driver, so if you switch drivers, each of you will have your own set of reference points. If you had traveled these roads in the summer of 1895, you might have come upon a 16-year-old German high school dropout. His teacher had told him that he would never amount to anything that his attitude destroyed classroom discipline, that he'd be better off out of school. So he left and came here, where he enjoyed wandering these roads and giving his mind free reign to explore. So this angle is very important. You don't want to have the rack and ray position here. You don't want to have it like all the way over here. You want to make sure you have that 45 degree angle all the time. 45, 45. One day, he began to think about light, about how fast it travels. In our everyday life, we always measure the speed of a moving object relative to something else. I'm moving at about 10 kilometers an hour relative to the ground. But the ground isn't at rest. The Earth is turning at more than 1,600 kilometers an hour. 
The Earth itself is in orbit around the Sun. The Sun is moving among the drifting stars, and so on. It was hard for the young man to imagine some absolute standard to measure all these relative motions against. So now, the angle is important for this reason. Now you're going to turn, and as you turn, keep the angle of the racket to here. The racket carries the left arm to this point. After the racket passes this point, your left arm lets go, but stays here, measuring your distance. But yet, when the racket gets back here, still has the angle. Such as the Copernican heliocentric model, for example, Newton's work, Einstein, the same is true of factual science, of course. Little, however, do people in general even remotely suspect that there is any subjectivity, much less occult spiritism, occult in either mathematics or science. So now you have the racket here. The arm is measuring the distance. The ball that you're going to hit is going to be right here, which is lined up with the racket face right now. So when I'm going to hit that ball, I will drop the racket and hit it. Very important that you line up the racket head with the ball you're gonna hit. This is why keeping the angle is important because it didn't really change anything from here. The general belief is that both math and science are strictly objective enterprises and strictly secular tools in the hand of a rather elite band of altruistic laborers for mankind. To here, if you don't keep the angle and you go this way, now that racket head is not lined up at all with the point of contact and it becomes a timing issue. A lot harder to time the ball from there to there than from here. The theoretical science establishment has cultivated the image that it is uniquely removed and aloof from any contamination by philosophies and religions. A pendulum clock that is accurate at sea level loses about 16 seconds every day if it's moved to an altitude of 4,000 feet. He knew that sound waves are a vibration of the air and their speed is measured relative to the air itself. But sunlight travels across the vacuum of empty space. Do light waves move relative to something else? And if so, he wondered, relative to what? Nine. The weightless scenes in the movie Apollo 13 were filmed over the course of 612 parabola flights. These are flights where a plane repeatedly climbs and then nosedives to simulate zero gravity. Eight. The establishment's mantra is that mathematics and science represents a dedicated search for truth. You want proof? Just take a look at how they got rid of all that superstitious stuff about God who created everything that exists in the heavens and on the earth. That teenage dropout's name was Albert Einstein, and his ruminations changed the world. On Titan, one of Saturn's moons, the atmosphere is so thick that people could fly by flapping large wings with their arms. He had been fascinated by Bernstein's 1869 People's Book of Natural Science. Here, on its very first page, it describes the astonishing speed of electricity through wires and light through space. During a nuclear test in the 1950s known as Pascal B, a 2,000-pound steel plate was launched into the atmosphere at six times Earth's escape velocity, the speed required to escape Earth's gravity. Although it was never found, scientists have stated that if it didn't burn up in the atmosphere, this would have been the first man-made object to leave the Earth. Einstein wondered 
perhaps for the first time here in northern Italy, what the world would look like if you could travel on a wave of light. To travel at the speed of light. What an engaging and magical thought for a teenage boy on the road where the countryside is dappled and rippling in sunlight. That is a very important tip that I wanted to share with all of you. It will make your forehand a lot more efficient. You will have a lot more time to get ready for any ball as it is so compact. It's not more compact than Feathers or Djokovic. It's exactly the same. The same ingredients that they have in their swing is what I just showed you. In the next session, we're gonna learn what to do right after that angle is in the back position. And remember, be patient. Take it one step at a time.